just make up your mind. But we found it helpful in the past, and so we'll continue to do that and uh, be involved. I think churches have been so afraid of being involved politically, um, and the world has been happy to keep the church out of that. But you go back and read, and uh, you know most of the militias that fought in the Revolutionary War were pastors and their congregations. And it was those militias that saved this country. And you also find out that it was many Baptists who stood and, and uh, fought against the politicians um, having a state-funded religion. And the Baptists always have stood against that. And so uh, religion has, uh, or I shouldn't say religion, but faith, has always been involved in politics, and uh, they can try to do what they want, but they're never going to get it out, and uh, we'll just continue to do our part, so I want to be a help, but anyway, that's another message some other day. We're in Ephesians 5. We've been looking at uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3 was a dissertation on our salvation, and then 4, 5, and 6 is how we apply that to our lives and how we ought to be walking. Uh, in, in this world, and in chapter 4, we, we saw much of the relationship that we have with the world and how we are different. I mean, we're, we're part of a, we're part of a, a blood-bought body of believers that have been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ, and so we are different, and, uh, and, and we saw the importance of the local church and the importance of the pastor and the evangelist and the uh, the the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and how we're involved in that, but then how we we need to live differently than the world, as it said that um, uh, tells us that we henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Um, you know, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, he goes through all kinds of things in chapter four. How we ought to be different than the world. And then we get into chapter 5, and, and we see more of the relationships that we have and, and how in the first part of chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 12, there are certain things in this world we need to separate from. And we're not a part of those things, and we're not a part of certain behaviors. And, and he even commands in verse 7, be not ye therefore partakers with them. And so... There are certain things in this world we have to withdraw from and and stay away from, and it's not a it's not a sacrifice to do that. I, I think sometimes people think, well, it's such a sacrifice to make, you know, that I, I don't fellowship with you know these people in in doing certain things, but it's not a sacrifice. That's just a that's a way that we actually show God and Christ that we love Him, and we have been set apart for his eternal use, and so we're willing to do so, and and so uh, we saw that in, in those first 12 verses, and then verses 13 through 21 is where we have been, and we finished that up, but living by the light of the word, and uh, I, I want to, and in that we see, <clears throat> we see several things that, that it says, but all things that are reproved or made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light, and so our lives ought to be manifesting the truth, and 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 uh, just as the world uh, walks in the world, you can see their lives, and 
see that it, it uh, represents the world. Let people watch our lives and, and let our works be manifest and show that we're a believer. And, and then he, he, he tells the believers also to awake and, and wake up those that sleep. And, and uh, I think two things. I think believers need to wake up out of their carnality and and obviously unbelievers definitely need to wake up and and get things right and uh, and walk circumspectly as it says walk carefully in your life and 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 then he he goes on and and uh, being filled with the spirit not controlled by other things not not with wine not with other things that are of the world but being filled with the holy spirit of god and how are we filled with the holy spirit of god what what are some of the the fruit of that. Well, he says that you're 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 speaking to yourselves in psalms. He he gives you a he gives you a happy heart, even in the midst of chaos. You can still have a happy heart, and you singing psalms as as it says, and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in um, in your heart to the Lord, and and a thankful attitude, giving thanks always for all things unto God and in the Father and. And then the last thing, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I mean, how important it is that uh, submission to uh, fellow Christians and, and uh, modesty of, of demeanor, a, a, a humble walk, and uh, um, it, it's kind of like an unwillingness to uh, dispute, uh, as you might say. It's a gentleness. And, you know, I was talking to a friend today. He's been in the ministry a long time also, and... and uh, he just, you know, just has some some people in the church right now that are naysayers. You know, they've just gotten to the point in their attitude where if the pastor and majority of the church, you know, says, you know, hey, we want to go out and do this. This is a great idea. They're going to say no. I mean, just no, we're just, no, we're against it. If you're for it, we're against it, you know, and and. Um, that isn't what God wants. That isn't a, the submissive attitude that he's talking about here. There, there was a missionary in India that said this. He said, if I were to pick out two phrases necessary for spiritual growth, I would pick out these. I do not know, and I am sorry. Both phrases are the evidences of deep humility. You know, I, I think that that in our in our church setting, and, and this is what we're talking about in verse 21, it's the relationship that we have with other believers, and those believers are, are mainly those that we are dealing with in our own uh, local body here, that imagine if we had a congregation where all the members have a humble spirit, starting with me, and where they esteem others better than themselves, where they outdo each other in performing the menial tasks, such a church need not be imaginary. It could and should be in actuality. And it should. I mean, that, that is what we ought to do. And, and I don't know when, and so far, praise the Lord, every time we've gone through a building, a building program, it's always been a great attitude and excitement with the people and and and, and uh, it's always been a, a a wonderful time to to draw closer. And whenever we do start, when when we know that it's time to start on our new building, and uh, it, it will be this group that 
we decide on things. I, I, some of you may not be aware of this, but when we did all the building programs back there in, in the other building, and even when we did this one, the like the, the kitchen, that was determined by those who came on Wednesday night. What kind of flooring? You know, what, what uh, color flooring? What color cabinets we wanted? Uh, the light fixtures or uh, all of those things that, that we needed to decide on it was this group that that decides on that, and so, and it and it's and it's open to anyone in our church that if you want to be involved and, and give your opinion on things, then you're just going to have to be here on a Wednesday night. It's going to have to be important enough that you're going to be here, and uh, otherwise, the the opinion probably doesn't carry as much weight. But in all of that, I, I've I've seen and I heard this statement, and I read it somewhere, and and statistics are. Uh, you know, you can lie so much with statistics, but um, it was said that there, it was a huge amount, like 70 or 80% of pastors who go through a building fund resign with a, within a year after the, building is, after the building project is done. And I would believe that in a lot of cases because I think there's a lot of fights that take place uh, because everybody wants what they want. And, uh, well, let's just not do that. You know, we'll, we'll do what, what we need to do. And, and, and really, you know what the, the important part about building that, that building is so that it's functional to, to get people in there to teach them more about Jesus. That's what it's about. And if it's not going to be about Jesus, then we don't need to have it. And so we'll know when the time is right and, and we'll be ready. And, and, but we need to have that submissive spirit with each other. Well, now he goes on and he starts dealing with some more relationships. And he's going to deal with some family relationships. He's going to deal with the wife uh, relationship with the husband. He's going to deal with the husband relationship with the wife. He's going to deal with the children and, and the relationship that they ought to have with their family, with the mom and the dad. And, and can, I, can I tell you, if, if you're married today, practice these things. You, you want a good marriage, then do it God's way and, and, and apply these things and, and get the flesh out of it and, and push the pride down and, and admit your own faults and, and submit to God and submit to his leadership. If, if you'll never, men or women, either one or children, if you're never willing to submit to God, then you're never going to submit to each other in the way that you ought to. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And so... Starts with submission to God, but let's get into this. And I don't know how long we're going to be in this because I, I I see it over and over and over. Not not only in our own church body, but the pastors that I talk to and the counseling that majority of the counseling that they're dealing with are with the relationship between the husband and the wife and the children. I mean that's it. You you, you want to talk about ground zero of the battlefield? That's where it's at in the family right now. And you, you want to protect your family? Then do it God's way. And, and you'll find God will honor that. And so he starts off and he says, wives. So here you are. Are you a wife? So submit yourselves. And that is a command. I mean, we're, we're not talking about, uh, well, this is some good advice here. And, and, and you can take it or leave it. That's not at all what he's saying here. And that word submit means exactly that, to subject yourself, to subordinate yourself, 
And it even has that nasty word to obey. I, I mean, I do, do you guys know that in the we we preachers have these little black books that uh, have have like the 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 uh, the wedding vows, you know, for a wedding. You, you thought we were smart. No, we just read it out of a little black book, and this is how it goes, you know. But uh, and and it has the traditional vows. But even in those books, they've they've taken out the word obey. I I used to have that in an, one of my books where you you read you want the traditional vows here it is and it was in there and and I I, I had. I had a pastor get livid with me for having that in there. I'm like, hey, you know, I'd anyway, my little black book doesn't have it now, so ladies, relax, okay? But you don't want to obey? Then don't have God's blessings, okay? And I'm not talking about obeying unbiblical, ungodly things. And, and uh, I mean, my thoughts are all over the place here because there's so much in this that we need to understand. So our, our world has has given us this definition of submission as cowering and and, and you are uh, you're better than that and and they're always promoting pride and they're always promoting you, you know you can uh, uh, women can do what men can do and and and, and uh, trying to make everything equal and I'm sorry but it just doesn't happen okay and and so First of all, you can't make your husband nearly as mad, nearly as quick as a husband can make you mad. We are far better equipped to do that. All right? <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, yeah? Now I'm going to take that as a challenge. <laughs> but submit yourselves unto your own husbands. It's not to everybody, but it is to your own husband. There is a hierarchy in your home. There has to be a head, and it's not, a, it's not two-headed. It's one head, and that's the way God has always, has always shown things, and God has always been the, the leader, and then under him, you, you, uh, you go back into the Old Testament, it's always the same way. There's always been a leader, and, the, and God has designed it to be that way, and, and we need to understand that. Look over in Genesis chapter 3, if you would, all the way back into in the the very beginning of, of the, uh, the first institution that God ordained, and that's marriage and, and the family. And, and here he tells us, because of the curse, okay? You, you want to you gripe about uh, the idea that it's chauvinistic and that it's old-fashioned? Then take that up with God, okay? Because this, is, this took place all the way back in the beginning uh, with Adam and Eve, and, 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 and it's part of the curse. And Verse 16, it says, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shall thou bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And, and so here, from what I can gather and what my studies show, is that you're always going to have that craving where you really think you could do things better than he can. And your desire is to have that and to run that. And, and guess what? It's not biblical, and it's part of the curse. And so you're going to struggle with that. And so, ladies, I understand that, that it's not pleasant, and, and especially if the guy isn't doing what he's supposed to do. But 
You can't make him do what he's supposed to do. You need to do what you're supposed to do and leave it at that. I mean, I over and over, we need to come to that conclusion in our lives. And I don't care whether you've been married one year or whether you've been married 50 years. You better get that through your head that you're not going to change him or her. You need to be the one that's focused on you changing and being what God wants you to be. And leave it at that. 1 Corinthians 7, look at this in verses 1 through 5. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not not power of his own body, but the wife. And you know, and we're pretty safe here, so I don't think Dubs is going to know what we're talking about here. But this is talking about a physical relationship. And we need to submit to that in the needs of your partner. Defraud ye not one the other, except to be with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. But I speak this by permission and not of commandment. For I would that all men were as I myself, but every man hath his proper gifts of God, one after this manner, one after that. And so here, knowing and understanding that there is a submission that ought to be taking place in the relationship, and part of that submission is a physical submission and meeting the needs of your partner. Uh, and you know what you guys are getting? You're getting exactly, if you were to come into my office and say, we're having some marital problems, well, here's what you're going to get. Okay, so you're all getting it. So don't come knocking to my door tell me you got problems, okay? Do what the Bible tells you. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. If you need help, you know what? We can be reminded of these things. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18. Wives. Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. You know, I, I've, I've met some pretty arrogant preachers in my day. Um, I guess being one for so long, you just run into all kinds, you know. And, and, I've, and I've, I had a discussion on uh, social media one time. That was when Teresa and I had the same account. So it was... It was uh, just Shannon and Teresa Monday, wasn't it? Shannon and Teresa Monday, yeah. And this guy, it, this preacher, he got on there. And anyway, I was, I just threw out some verses to him, and he started scolding me that, you know that that you're, he, he was using Shannon, and he thought I was a woman. And so he's condemning me for, actually, putting up verses that were challenging what he was saying. And of course, there were other people on there who knew me, and one girl said, I would really like for him to meet Shannon sometime. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, he had the audacity to call our church, wanting us to support him on the mission field as he was headed to the mission field. I said, let me think about that and pray about it. No. <laughs> but it, the idea here is you submit to your own husband. And men, don't try to run over and think that women are your doormat and, and that they all, all need to be quiet all the time. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, too, that, that 
your wife isn't a doormat either. And if your wife is standing up and telling you something's wrong, you need to pay attention to what they're telling you. But here, we're, we're still on the wife right now, okay? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. And then Titus chapter 2, just keep going towards the end of the book, end of the, the Bible, and go past Thessalonians and Timothys, and then you'll get to Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That's healthy teaching of God's word, okay? That the aged men, those are the older men. You, you decide whether you're the aged man or not. But you need to be sober and grave. And grave means to be serious and, and, and really dignified and, and worthy of respect, okay? Don't, don't act like some dirty old man, okay? Be, be a godly, distinguished, older gentleman, right? Temperate, we know, uh, uh, self-control. Sound, that, that means healthy, right? Healthy in your thinking, healthy in your communication, in faith, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women. So ladies, it, it is you who are older that have been through things, you need to understand you have a responsibility then to take the young women and teach them to be sober. You need to teach them how to love their husbands and to love their children. And so that, and that means be affectionate, and it also means to have a loving disposition. God, boy, does God not know us? I mean, he, he knows human nature, doesn't he? And I, 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 and, and I think it's ungodly, okay? I saw it on, I, I see it on Instagram sometimes when I'm going through there, and, and, uh, and, it, and it shows this, this, this one where it shows the woman, and she's like, I've been, you know, you, you think about your husband all day long, and then as soon as you hear the truck door, and you're all excited to have him come home, and then as soon as you hear the truck door slam, then the attitude changes, you know, and, and ladies, be careful. I mean, make, make your home a pleasant place to be. Make, make it a place where not only does your husband want to come home, but your children want to come home. And, and ladies, that, that's your domain. That is your responsibility. And that's what he's by saying here, that, that they, to be discreet, chaste, and, and so discreet, that, that ought to be that your husband can tell you anything. And they can share with you anything that's going on in their life, I any kind of insecurities that they have, or, or I, I don't know, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe they do have trouble with, uh, they, they come to you and say, look, you know, there are certain TV shows I, I just don't need to be watching, okay? And I don't want to watch these because it causes my thought life to go where it shouldn't go. They ought to be able to come to you about anything, and, that's, and you're not going to get on your phone and tell your mama or tell your sister or tell your best friend or tell the 13 neighbors or, or the 2,652 friends you got on Facebook. You know? I mean, you're discreet. And I, I don't know how many marriages social media has blown up. I, I don't know how, how many on social media that I've seen are like, 
they're coming to my office here pretty quick. I can just see it coming, you know. I mean, the writing is on the wall. The writing is on Facebook, you know. There are just certain things that you need to be discreet about and protect your family, chaste and, and so holy and pure and, and innocent and keepers at home, and that does mean the homemaker. I, and I know in this society today, it is extremely difficult to make it on one income. I know that. We, you know, our society is has pushed that and pushed that, and and it just now is so extremely hard. But, uh, y- you know, sometimes work needs to be sacrificed for the home, and new cars need to be sacrificed for the home. A smaller home is okay, and live in a smaller home and, and, and make that sacrifice so that you can enjoy your family. You know, people need to, and ladies, you need to understand that that. This is God's word. I don't care what culture says. And I, I don't care what feminist might actually get a hold of this. Maybe, you know, maybe she'll get mad enough to actually start reading the Bible to prove me wrong and find out this is what she ought to do to make her home pleasant and make her marriage what it ought to be and, and how important these things are. And, and so keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. That's powerful. I mean, we, we need to do that and and be that that kind of a relationship with, with our with our husband. The ladies, you need to have that with your husband. And First Peter chapter three. Look at this. Isn't it amazing how much God gives us on being the right kind of spouse? For first. Uh, um, First Peter, I'm sorry, I was in in uh, Second Peter. First Peter three, verse one. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Every time, to your own husbands. Okay. You you some guy comes up and mistreats my wife and treats her with disrespect. You're going to deal with me. You know, I I was kind of hot headed back in the day. I know it's hard to imagine. Had a had a kid at Bible college that was the son-in-law to the president of the of the college. And he came in and he disrespected my wife. I mean, was extremely rude. And I had, and Pastor Camp came to me and said, hey, this is what went on. And you need to know what went on. And I was an eyewitness of it. And I heard it, and it was, it was as rude as could be. And I thought, well, they always say, you know, take it to the next person up. So I just went into the president's office and just said, your, your son-in-law ever does this again? I'm just going to knock his head off. And so treat my wife with respect. And I walked out. And, and I still mean it today. We, we need to guard our wives. And we need to protect our wives. And I'm not saying go looking for a fist fight or you end up having surgery, you know, because somebody stepped on your chest or whatever, you know. I'm not saying that. But... Your wife needs to know that you are there and that you are going to protect her and and watch over her and be her protector. But anyway, likewise, you wives, be, you know what? Your wife will will submit to you a whole lot easier when she knows that you are important, that you mean something, and that you love her. And that will help a whole lot in your relationship. 
be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So here, even if you are married to an unsaved man, ladies, stay married to him and be a witness to him. While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and the wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let, and, and so it's not all the outward, okay, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And that is the, the uh, Proverbs woman, the virtuous woman that you read about also in Proverbs chapter 31. Start with verse 10 and go through the rest of the chapter. And so here, ladies, there, it is important that you understand the relationship and understand that a biblical relationship is that you do uh, submit to your husband. Look, and in, in, in everything, I mean, he comes home and, and disciplines your, disciplines your guys' children, you know, and, and you're like, man, I don't really think I like the way he did that. You know what? Keep it quiet until later, and then you go in the bedroom, and you can discuss it and talk about it. But they, those kids also need to know that you're on the same page because they're, they're all evil, I'm telling you. And they know how to play sides. And I don't care who they are, even the best of kids will do that, you know. Their sinful nature will want something bad enough that they'll play mob against dad and be careful with that. And so here, but uh, so why? Submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Why? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body, the preserver of the body. That, that too, I believe that in the scripture shows us that we as men ought to be the protector of our family. Absolutely, positively. You know, the, so many people, the, the preachers came out in, in, during COVID and, hey, we need to do everything and obey the government in all ways. You know what? It is my job to protect my family, not the government. And so I'll take care of my family and I'll do, do what I see in the Bible that I'm supposed to do. And it is not the government's job to take care of my family. Can I tell you? It's not the public school's job to take care of your child. It's yours. And you make up your mind and you decide what's good for your child. You decide what's being taught to your child, whether it's good or bad. And you stand against that, which is bad. And you don't let them go through that trash that they're trying to teach your children. And stand up against it. That is your job and it's your job as a man, as a husband to do that. And one day you'll give an account for that. And so be careful. Be careful with what we allow. And here... And, and, and let, let, let your children know and let your wife know that, that Christ is ahead and that you then, you, you don't have to let them know, you just lead, okay? Lead the, the godly way that you ought to lead and be passionate about the word of God and, and, and living it in front of your wife and living it in front of your children and loving your wife as you ought to and wife, love your husband as you ought to. Let your children see that. There's too much of this trash that gets and infiltrates into our homes and blows our marriages sky high. And it's everywhere. 
And boy, we need to do better at guarding against that. And ladies, part of it is your job, and, and your job is to be there to support your husband and, and, and encourage him and, and be exactly what he needs you to be by being exactly what God wants you to be. And all in, I, I got to, um, yeah, anyway. And why? Because therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wise be to their own husbands in everything. Uh, I'll end with this, and I don't, I don't want to embarrass her, but it's a powerful testimony. Joyce and Jerry Sperry. Jerry was not a saved man, and he was, and he was a little bit rough in some ways, and and uh, I, I had the privilege of knowing Jerry, what, 10 or, how long has Jerry been gone now? 14, 15 years. So I knew him 11 years. And I knew Joyce for 11 years. And I knew that, that, that he was respectful enough to Joyce that he would let her go to church on Sunday morning. And then they'd always go to lunch, wouldn't you? And, and there were times, I'm certain, that there were people that told Joyce, you need to divorce him and leave this guy and she never did and she loved jerry and jerry knew that and jerry got cancer and sometimes joyce wasn't able to take him to greeley to the treatments and so i took him why not i mean you got him in that car where's he gonna go he's got cancer so he's weak enough he can't hurt you you know and so we taught and through her Loving him for how many years? Almost 40 years. Jerry trusted Christ. And I have never seen anything so precious as after he trusted Christ all the way to Greeley, all the way back, he talked about two things. He talked about God saving him, and he talked about how much he loved his wife for sticking by him and staying with him even though he didn't deserve it. That's an example of, ladies, how powerful your testimony can be if you'll be willing to just be what God wants you to be and leave him up to God. God can change him, and God can change him for eternity. You can't. You can try to manipulate him. You can fight against him. And, and you can actually make your marriage hell on earth. Or you can truly make it heavenly. And you can help make it what God wants it to be. And, and, and representing the very relationship that Christ has with his, with his bride. How good is that? Well, let's live that way. So, ladies, there it is. You know, I, I do find this, guys interesting that in this passage in ephesians three verses for the women and a whole lot more for the guys why because you're the leader and he expects you to be the leader and he expects you to be a godly leader and be what god wants you to be and we'll look at that next week lord willing maybe the rapture will take place and it can all be settled in heaven right but if not lord willing we'll be back in this next week god bless let's pray Father, we thank you. Thank you for our marriages. And Lord, I thank you for our families. And I pray you bless them. Thank you for them being here tonight and those that are watching. And pray that you bless and guide us. And Lord, give us strong marriages that, 
strong families. Lord, the, Satan knows you, you weaken the family, you weaken the church, you weaken the country. And so, Father, we know that it starts with strong families, and strong families build strong churches. And through that, we see you do something that is miraculous in the lives of many. And so, Lord, I pray that you bless us and protect our families and, and guide us and help us to be what we need to be. Lord, we thank you for your word and your love. I pray your blessings on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.